regarding politics uh, would be one, the respect for marriage bill that's before the United States Senate right now. Uh, it is not respect for biblical traditional marriage. Please be in prayer. Uh, from what I understand, Senators Young and Braun are going to vote against that bill, but it did pass the House of Representatives, and to borrow someone else's word, there are some squishy Republicans. Uh, from what I understand, there's at least six right now who are considering voting for the Respect for Marriage bill, which would codify into law same-sex marriage, which we know there is no such thing, and yet it would codify into law same-sex marriage, which would then make it even more difficult for those who, who want to stand up for the First Amendment and for our religious freedom. Uh, we know that that will be another step, another issue, another law that they'll try to use uh, against religious freedom. So please be in prayer that uh, that will not pass. There's another evil bill that's going through the House of Representatives, I think, right now. And it is the respect for contraception bill, I think, something like that. Just another vile attack upon God and his design for marriage and uh, the sanctity of marriage and the home and children and family. And so we need to be praying and we need to be contacting uh, our representatives and senators and pray that uh, those bills will not go through. And then also our state legislature right now is... Uh, dealing with the abortion bill, and it came out of committee with restrictions to protect human life, and now it's going to go to, I believe, the House, and then uh, it'll face amendments, and then eventually to the Senate, and then they'll have to uh, balance that bill. And I know state legislators are, are, are being attacked. Eric Miller is down there, and he's doing everything he can. Um, I've already contacted my state rep and state senator. I encourage all of us to do the same. I've ordered, ordered voter guides uh, already, and we should be getting those in the next uh, couple months uh, that will help us be informed about the upcoming uh, elections. And uh, we're going to continue to stand for what is right. We're going to continue to preach the gospel, share the gospel. And we're going to continue to uh, raise, with the Lord's help, uh, godly kids uh, by God's grace. And we're going to continue to serve the Lord. And at the same time, we're going to stay informed and we're going to uh, express our opinion and our voice. Earl? I read in the paper that the uh, director of the Indiana Right to Life mm -hmm. read this, and he said he thought it wasn't strong enough Probably not. on what the penalties would be for those doctors who yeah. would go ahead and perform an Yeah, I hadn't read that yet, so I know it came out of committee, and I know there were some restrictions to protect life, but I had not heard that yet, so thank you for that. So it's a little watered down already as far as the penalty for those who murder unborn babies. Okay. All right. We need to continue to, to pray about that. Okay. All right. Um, all that being said, Ephesians chapter number three, and we'll just take a few minutes here. We've been looking at prayer, and we we're using Ephesians 6 and verse 18 as we've studied through the armor of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. It's a reminder tonight, once again, of how much we need to be in prayer. Uh, there are great, great many needs, and uh, we need to humbly come before the Lord and seek His face. We looked last week at Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. Ephesians 3 and verse 14. 
For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see the act of humility. Uh, Paul prayed with purpose. There was humility. It's really more about the posture of our hearts. Yes, do we often say, and I will often use the phrase, uh, on our knees or on my knees. And that, that is a posture of prayer that uh, we can use. But the reference here is really to the posture of the heart. And there are some of us who maybe have knee problems and getting down on your knees uh, might be a very bad thing. It might not be very uh, good for you physically. Uh, you may not be able to get back up for a while or you're going to need help getting up. Or, or maybe you've had uh, surgery on your knees or, or whatever the case may be. But the, the emphasis is not so much on the physical posture as much as it is upon the heart posture, the posture of the heart. That we come with humility, with dependence. Uh, that we come knowing that we are the needy ones and we must look to the Lord, we must seek his face, we must trust him. And then uh, we see also there, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we see Father there, we see the reference to God as Father, and we see the Lord Jesus Christ mentioned as well. So we see the position being he is high and lifted up, he is Father, he is supreme, he is authority, he is my Savior, our Savior. We see all that there in verse 14 and then verse 15 of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named and didn't spend a lot of time on this last week but we see the terminology of family here i mentioned about father and the attack on patriarchy and the biblical order and design of the home and the church the attack on the authority of god and his word and our savior jesus christ the terms here that he uses have to do with family Father and the word family. What, what, what is the obvious application? First of all, there's a family structure that God designed and God ordered one man, one woman for life, and male and female created he them in procreation. But then we also see the Christian application, the application as brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, I try not to overuse the word brother and sister, and yet at the same time, it's okay to use those words. Those are biblical. We can use especially the word brother to refer to a Christian male, Christian man. We can use sister to refer to a Christian lady. I know sometimes those terms get, get overused or get used in the wrong context, and I'm not saying that uh, we should get carried away with that. I knew a guy, everybody was brother, and it was brother this and brother that and kind of drove me crazy uh, this this guy that I knew years ago and uh, he just used the word brother it seemed like all the time and now it's a common vernacular among uh, the teenagers and so around our house we hear a lot of bro and brother and dude we hear that a lot and dude's not in the bible okay and neither is bro but brother is obviously where that comes from and your bro is somebody you're close to your brother your sister in Christ, that bond that we have in Christ, it is unique and it is special. And Paul, in his prayer, he makes reference to that. And that is one of the greatest joys in the Christian life, is having that common bond. We experienced that last week. I mean, there was something special about seeing 
you all and seeing people that we've known through the years. And there were family. But I'll tell you right now, there was something extra special about family that's also family in the Lord. There were unsaved family that we didn't have as close of a bond with that we had with you all and with my family and with uh, former ministry uh, family members that came or, or, or former ministry members that came. And we, we, it was just special that there is something unique that, that it's, not, it's not based on money. It's not based on status. It's not based on who has the power. It's based on the blood of Jesus Christ that saved us, the grace of God. And I love how Paul uses family to make reference uh, to the Ephesians here. We looked last week just briefly at a couple of these. Verse 16, that he would grant you, and notice again, what is his emphasis? That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. What is Paul's emphasis? That there be spiritual strength, that there be spiritual power from within, from the inner man, from the inner seat, the seats of our being. We talk about the spirit of man, mind, will, and emotion. This ultimately speaks to our character, to who we are on the inside. We need accountability. I need accountability. That's, uh, it's important for me as a pastor that I have accountability to the deacons, to you, to my wife, to my kids. Accountability is important. We live in a culture and an age where it's I, I, I. We have phones, we have technology, we have the internet, places that we can hide that are sometimes some of the darkest regions of the universe, sadly. And we read about some of the horrible tragedies in our culture, and we find out some of these people have been in the darkest places of the Internet. Well, we as believers, we need accountability, but ultimately the greatest accountability that we must have is between us and the Lord. That's ultimately where our character is forged, where our integrity is, 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 is forged, is built. It's in the inner man who we are between us and the Lord. We see presence as well. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Christ is at home in our lives. He is central. He is preeminent. He is the priority. We're seeking first his kingdom, and we are seeking those things which are above. And then we see love, rooted and grounded in love. And uh, we're going to run out of time. We'll come back to this next week, so we'll have to close uh, with, with this, but rooted and grounded. Now, we all know how important it is for there to be a root system for plants. And it is amazing if you've ever been out to California and you've been to the sequoias, it is absolutely incredible the size of those. We have pictures of our kids in front of those sequoia trees, and my mom probably has pictures of me and my sister in front of the sequoia trees. Uh, when we were uh, really little, but we just look, we look like insects, little midget, little ants compared to those, those trees. They have a giant root system. If you've ever gotten a, a, a brochure from the power company, 
and they'll talk about how they cut the trees around the power lines. And if you read down, I know I'm one of those weird guys, I actually read the brochure from the power company. But it fascinates me how they would cut the trees and they would, they would do this around the, the, the power lines. It's like, why don't they just cut off that whole chunk, you know? So I'm reading through the brochure and they're explaining that the tree's strength is in its roots. The, in, the, the, the root system of the tree is far more important than these little branches. That stick. So they can do this and cut all this in between and it doesn't hurt the tree because the roots are its vitality. And what are we to be rooted and grounded in? Love. Rooted and grounded in love. Love for God, love for his word, love for one another. Our love ought to be, yes, first and foremost, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then from that, love our neighbor as ourself. And loving God, uh, of course, uh, applies to our love for God's word, our love for the church, and then our love for the brethren. And so we see that rooted and grounded of the, of, of the prayer of the Apostle Paul, of power, of presence, and of love. That, that love be rooted and grounded in love for God, in love for his word, and in love for for one another. We'll have to stop there and go on to verse 19, where we really see again the emphasis in Paul's prayer upon spiritual maturity. But we're out of time. Thank you for being here. I know business meetings are not the most exciting thing. When I was a teenager, our pastor, Pastor Defoe, we had youth meetings on Wednesday nights, but we always came in for business meetings and missionaries. And I always appreciated that about Pastor Defoe because we were, we, we were learning. As kids, we were learning about the business of the church and the importance of uh, the transparency and the accountability, and uh, we knew what was going on, and then it kept us informed, and then, of course, we came into the auditorium for missionaries as well, and I always appreciated that. Uh, But thank you for the unity. Thank you for uh, your faithfulness, and so let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. Lord, we thank you for our church. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God that has been a help and encouragement to us again tonight. Thank you for the unity. Thank you, Lord, for your provisions. Lord, as we look ahead, as we uh, seek your will regarding uh, pews and some changes in the auditorium, we ask that, Lord, uh, if it be your will, that every detail will work out from transportation to uh, the uh, carpet to uh, every aspect of it, that, Lord, you would guide and direct there. We pray also, as uh, we have had many Uh, different guests and visitors uh, lately. Help us, Lord, to uh, continue to minister to them and be an encouragement and reach out to them and pray that you will continue to grow our church uh, spiritually, first and foremost, grow in our knowledge of you. And then, Lord, as you bless as well in number, that we'll see our church grow in number as well uh, as you would lead and as you would allow. Thank you again for our time together tonight. Pray that you will dismiss us now with your blessings and pray for safety as we travel home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of the week.